What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. And Carrie. What's up? Uh, I'm pleased to say uh, that we get to start with some positive news this week before we head into relentless negativity, (laughs) Um, as is the way of the video game industry nowadays. Uh, So Final Fantasy XIV and Walker came out. Uh, after its two week delay, which yeah. Yoshi P actually like shed tears about, which was very I love sweet. Yoshi P so much, and I, I, I don't know. I'm glad for him. I'm glad he exists. Um, I'm I'm fascinated to talk about the the difference in the in the community between apparently Final Fantasy 14's community. And literally every other game community <laughs> because the 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 disparate nature of how they handle issues or perceived issues in the case of some in, in other game communities uh, is pretty wild. Um, so basically. Like we're looking at we're looking at Final Fantasy 14 with this new expansion, obviously the game blew up over the summer. Uh, this gave us a pretty good way to see how much uh, it has blown up. Uh, so there are over 25 million registered players for Final Fantasy 14, which seems pretty good. Um, their previous top concurrent peak uh, was back at the end of June. And that was or in July, rather. And that was when they had 67,000 players playing concurrently, um, at least on PC, on, on Steam. Uh, with that's this a lot. new say again, <laughs> and that's a lot. Yeah, and that's, that's not even counting. That's not even counting console players as well. Yeah. Um, with this new expansion last Friday, uh, they saw peak concurrence of ninety five thousand players. So just between July and now, with this new expansion coming out, they've effectively grown their player base by fifty percent. And if you look back to where they were in June, um they have more than doubled their their player base based on this concurrent numbers. Now, you know, obviously concurrency is not a necessarily reliable metric. It's kind of like relying on the stock market to gauge the strength of the economy. Um, but it but it does it does it does give you it does give you at least a pretty decent idea of where, where like the hype levels are for the game. Yeah. Uh, and and Walker has been promoted as sort of the final chapter in this particular saga. Now they have said that they are going to continue releasing content for final fantasy 14 after this, but that it will be a new sort of overarching storyline starting from there. Right. Um, so and Walker early release came out. Like if you pre-ordered the game, you got to start playing on Friday. Hmm. Otherwise the game released today for everyone else who wants to get into it, but good fucking luck getting into the game. I loaded up the client right now just to see how long the queue was to like get in. And currently in, so I'm on the, the primal data center and I'm on the Leviathan server. And currently there are 6,989 people in front of me in line to play the game. So I will not be playing Final Fantasy 14 tonight. Does it get does it um, give you an estimated queue time? No. Okay. No, no. So, it gives you a number. Yeah. So so the word the word on the street is that 
people, especially over the weekend, were seeing like five hours to queue, basically like sitting in queue for five hours, waiting to yeah. waiting to get in the door. And yet, despite that, now to be fair, like Square absolutely warned people that this was going to happen. They're just like, listen, we're doing the best we can. You know, we have limited server capacity. It is what it is. We know it's going to be super popular. There are going to be massive waits. Prepare yourselves accordingly. And so people saw that message and they said, okay, but obviously. Also, the other thing is they wanted to do a big server expansion, but literally due to the global semiconductor shortage, they Mm -hmm. have not been able to do so. Yes. So. Now, we've seen games issue, you know, launch with relatively decent online servers and people still lighting companies up like like, you know, like Activision with Call of Duty and and EA with Battlefield and things of that nature um, about like the online experience from, you know, on on the first weekend or first day, that kind of thing for online for online games. Um, Even Blizzard has not been immune to this with the online launches of their premier titles like Diablo and and Overwatch and things of that nature. Um, And yet the Final Fantasy 14 fans, when faced with these five hour queue times when faced with, you know, having to literally plan their schedules and like kind of re like restructure their days around jumping into Final Fantasy 14 uh, are just like, it's cool. Yeah, we, got, it's we, fine. we got you. It's cool. I've now, all literally the, yeah. been logging into the game when I get up in the morning and trying to like click, click in. Because here's the thing. If you go AFK for 30 minutes in the game, mm-hmm. um, it kicks you out. So you can't just like log in and sit around. You have to be doing something active or at least be actively clicking into the client so mm-hmm. that you're not considered AFK. So I've been logging in as soon as I get up and like doing little things between work tasks, playing at lunch, and then like logging out in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, I woke up. <laughs> I woke up at like 5.30 the other the other morning because my husband snores. Yeah, but say, I, I was, was going to be very he, clear to the listeners by accident. Like you didn't plan by to accident, wake up yeah, at 5.30 I did not, to log I did into not, Final Fantasy. I, did not, I never <laughs> plan on waking up early. I sleep in as late as humanly fucking possible every single day of my life. Um, but I was woken up, really, should be the terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was woken at 5.30 a.m., and I got up and I was like, I bet the queue times are really short. I should just log in and play. <laughs> I did not even really try to go back to bed. I was just like, oh, I could, I could just, I could play right now. I could, now I, I'll take a nap later. And I did. Took a big nap. On, on the flip side of this coin is a little game called Halo Infinite. A game that, <laughs> by the way technically has not released yet. Like the game, the game is not out technically until tomorrow, because right now what you have access to is the online multiplayer beta is, beta. is, is, is what's going on right now. <laughs> now, by all accounts, the game is running really well. Uh, by all accounts, the game is a tremendous amount of fun. And yet, the Halo subreddit had to be temporarily shut down because of the relentless negativity around the lack of content 
in the beta for Halo Infinite. Yeah, people are shitting their pants <laughs> because there's not enough content in the beta. Yes. Like, it's, I feel like there's a big discrepancy between, like, your first-person shooter bro-dog Halo community in general and your, like, very patient JRPG fans <laughs> who play Final Fantasy. A beta, by the way, that I don't, actually, sorry, I know for a fact that no one has actually paid any actual money for either. Yeah, no. Because no, it's no. available. It's literally free for literally everybody with an Xbox. Yeah. It's free. Like, you don't have to, you're not like, it's not free, like, oh, free with subscription. No, it's literally free. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you, you, you entitled piss babies out there complaining about Halo Infinite's beta. Like, could you imagine, like, if they had to wait five hours to get into get into multiplayer lobbies for for I mean, Halo? Didn't people didn't people like do people flip out when Destiny has like a major update? Like, yes. didn't people like yes, people like, do? <laughs> yes, people pe- pe- people do. People like like Destiny will have a plan. Like, they'll have planned outages. Like when they're updating, like the servers will go down for an hour and they'll warn you like a week in advance and they'll warn you as you're logging in and like, Hey, you're going to get kicked at this time. And people will still like bitch because they get kicked from the server when it shuts down for, for maintenance or to, to apply an update. Like, like when they do the, when they do the big, when they do the big like expansion updates, they usually take it down for an entire day to prepare for it. And people lose their fucking minds and are just like, Guys, like, the, like it's one studio. Like, I get that it's a big studio, but, like, this is not, like, it's not as easy as you think it's just flipping a switch and magic happens. Like, it takes fucking hard work to do right. this shit. Like, turn your computer off and then turn it back on and see how quick it comes up. It's not instant, guys. My goddamn television has to boot before it, you know, <laughs> before it turns on. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it just, I, like you said, it's, it's amusing the uh the the class of of gamer and, and yeah. the types of games that certain people tend to gravitate toward um i'm really glad that the final fantasy community is patient and generally really fun to drop into randos with and they're very helpful i very I helpful played, i haven't played that game in literally years but it's um everybody was 14 I'm talking about and everyone um, is always quick to help you Uh, even if like they see you struggling and they're just like running past and they see you running from something somebody will just be like oh uh, you getting chased bam and they'll one shot something and just uh, you know and then you salute them and you know you you, it's meanwhile on the other side of the coin (laughs) right the other side of the aisle that that's that's over on on you know the that's not America right like that's not America and then mm-hmm. here in America is just like God I want to shoot you in the face <laughs> why is this taking so long so aside from the you know the proclivities around the actual launch of the game um, Carrie do you have any impressions on the the game so far that you got it's been good um as much as i've gotten to play the story's been interesting so far um the new locations are really cool 
um, going to like actually going to Garlemald after hearing about the Garlean Empire for literally the last 300 fucking hours I've played of this game. Um, it's it's been interesting. Um, they they definitely sort of tackle the the hard topics of um, this ongoing war with the Garlean Empire and and stuff like that. So um, it's it's good. Um, I'm not like immediately attached to any of the new characters that they've introduced in the same way that I was immediately attached to characters in like Heaven's Word and um, Shadowbringers, both of which I thought were spectacular storylines. Um, I I feel like so far it's it's probably ranking below um below Shadowbringers and Heaven Word for me, but I still think it's probably better than the Realm Reborn storyline and the Stormblood storyline. So it is like dead center right middle of the pack. Um but yeah, I it's good. The I've literally only unlocked one of the new dungeons so far. Um just been sort of trying to get through the main storyline. And there is so much cutscene. There's so much, so much of what I've been doing is literally just like starting a cutscene and like sitting here with a drink and being like, I'm just going to watch this cutscene for 10 minutes now because there's a lot of exposition to get through. Um, so yeah, I haven't, haven't done a ton of like the new dungeons. I haven't unlocked any of the new trials yet. Um, there are people who like blew through the fucking game over the course of like, the first 48 hours and i'm just like how, please how go long, outside how long is the grass. main story supposed to take i don't know i don't know yeah so. yep i don't know how much of the story these people are getting either because you can skip cutscenes, sure and that's fine if you're like completely uninterested in the story and you just want to like fucking dungeon and raid and do that stuff fine you know play the game how you want to play i'm not gonna like judge you for it but um i am invested in the storyline so i am watching all of the fucking cutscenes, and that's why i that's why my characters are only at like my my classes are only at like level 82 83 and i haven't hit 90 yet so yeah i will say like final fantasy 14 is one of the games that because people are talking about it so much, it is giving me a little bit of FOMO, even though I know damn well I don't have the time uh, to invest into such an ordeal. Um, I mean, that's literally the only reason I haven't picked it back up. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't have children, so I can play Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> Very cool. Well, that's not the only game uh, that came out this week. So besides uh, Endwalker. It's the only game that came I mean, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Halo Infinite. Is coming out. Apparently, the campaign <laughs> is getting decent marks. Uh, I've heard uh, nothing but fantastic things about yeah, the campaign. Uh, from from what I understand, it's the best. It's the best campaign uh, of the three four three games uh, that are released so far. That seems to be the general Dang, consensus. That's you know. I feel like that's, that's not particularly difficult. Not but like a, again, when roll when, over that bar. If you're trying, <laughs> if you're trying, at least they're clearing that bar. At least they're not. Hitting, <laughs> at least they're not smacking themselves in the face with it as they're try, as they're trying to, to jump over it. Um, but you also have Shadow Tactics, Blade of the Shogun, uh, Echo's Choice on PC. Uh, this is the president to, on PC. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors comes to the Switch. 
Uh, Rune Factory 4 Special comes to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. I, having played Rune Factory 4 and Rune Factory 4 Special, I would actually strongly recommend that um, if you're interested in the story of seasons or like Stardew Valley franchises that you consider picking up um, Rune Factory 4 Special. It's the upgraded version of the old 3DS game from like 10 years ago, and it plays really well. So. Uh, Thunder Tier 1 comes to PC. Uh, White Shadows comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox. Startup Panic comes to PC. Breakwaters comes to PC. And Keo comes to PC as well. Michael, what is This Is the President? Well, I typed it into Google, and um, Google says that Joe Biden is <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Do you get to be Joe Biden? Do you get to experience living in Delaware, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> Clear, clearly, Google saying Joe Biden is the president uh, is liberal bias on their part. So, yeah, it's get, goddamn get your politics out of my video games. <laughs> um, this is the president is a political thriller. You are the newly elected leader uh, with a shady background. Damn, <laughs> you are the newly elected leader with a shady background. It is up to you to abuse the position of the most powerful man in the world to escape justice for past crimes, <laughs> even if it pitches the country into utter chaos. Here's that here, is what's on Steam. Guys. Here is uh, here is here's here's an article from PC Gamer that talks about this game. Um, I'm going to read the headline and the strap line to this to this article from PC Gamer. Uh, play a corrupt businessman elected to the highest office, and this is the president. It's impossible to say what the inspiration was for this edgy new strategy game about politics and crime. <laughs> that that's that's that, that's great headline and strapline writing right there. You uh you have to bring this up on on look forward this week. Just <laughs> I, as I a do. just as a like this week in art imitating life. Yeah, that you know what I'm probably <laughs> going to. I'm probably going to. Um, because that's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, it begins in the year 2020, uh, rather than worrying about the affairs of the nation, your only concern is dodging responsibility for all the crimes you committed in your pre-president days as a shady multi-million businessman <laughs> with bad hair. Apparently, apparently the goal of the game is to ratify the 28th amendment, which is a, uh, as PC gamer describes it, a banana Republic style update to the U S constitution that would grant the president lifetime immunity from criminal prosecution. <laughs> Yo, come on, yo! Don't tell him this game exists. <laughs> Don't tell him this game exists because he's gonna think you can. Re- he's gonna think it's real. Yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> it's probably true. Wait a minute, I could do that. Oh my god the the developer's name is Super Pack. This is amazing. I I love I love every I love every bit of this. Oh no! I love every bit of this. This is. I'm amazing. interested in learning what startup panic is because I'm pretty sure that's what I had when I was working at a startup. <laughs> <laughs> startup panic is when you wake up sweaty at three in the morning, three days a week, because you don't know what your work's going to be like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> when you're subject to the whims of a flighty millionaire, <laughs> that's what startup panic is. Okay, hold on, hold on. I, I we'll get off of this as the president in a second, but on Steam, there's a mature there's a mature content warning uh-huh. uh, for this game. Mature content description. The developers describe the content like this. There are events like orgy parties where you send characters to spy and where they witness sexual practices like fetish BDSM. 
There are stories about prostitution, domestic violence, drug abuse, alcoholism, illegal hard drugs are present. Descriptions of assassinations can be brutal, like poisoning, headshots, running over by car, self-harm, and suicide can happen to your team members when too stressed. Uh, and another story character hangs himself. I really want to play this game now. <laughs> I really want to play this game. <laughs> they're like they're like what if what if we did the american presidency but we made it like in the style of that like 2008 nfl blitz game where like you can, <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're yeah, like players like, can do steroids and shit, <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> sorry not nfl blitz that was just blitz because there's no fucking way the nfl would have put their name yeah, on no. That shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> again the, another true to art tr- uh, imitating life type of game no no we can't condone this yeah if the, if the yeah that's that's art imitating life if the nfl was actually like football's portrayed in the movie last man standing basically <laughs> or not last man say last boy scout i'm getting my bruce wells movies confused oh god i wish this wasn't a strategy game otherwise i would buy it um but i'm terrible at strategy games um no segue densepixels.com slash fans uh go there and be invited into our discord uh we talk about a lot of things in there uh i'm gonna pull it up real quick uh while i'm pulling it up you should go to densepixels.com slash fans uh so you can see things uh like our post office i don't even know why i needed to pull that up uh because we do it every every week uh where you can give us things that you want us to talk about uh and we'll 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 talk about them every week um wrestling there's a there's some wrestling going on and um we like to talk about it uh we want to talk about it with you um there's somebody just joined in somebody just slid into the server hey chris 2225 see i'm shouting you out specifically because you bring did he bring a pizza as as is recommended uh, by discord no (laughs) it, it just says that he slid into the server but I'm shouting you out specifically because I just opened it up and you went to densepixels.com slash fans. If you want to be shouted out, uh, do what Chris2225 did and go to densepixels.com slash fans uh, while we're recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very hyper specific time. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, only, that's the only way you're going to get a shout out. Um, go to youtube.com slash densepixels and uh, subscribe. Uh, click the like button and then click the subscribe button and then click the bell, uh, notification icon. So, uh, you will be updated as to when we post a video on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to all of our podcasts, the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast, where they're going to talk about a video game (laughs) in which you play a corrupt president from Queens. Um... If that's not enough, go to densepixels.com slash premium and for $5 a month or $50 for the year, get access to the airing of grievances, which uh, Jay and I are are doing back back on schedule. Um, we did the, we most recently did the episode where it's a double episode where Elaine was bidding on JFK's golf clubs and um, the dude from Everybody Loves Raymond uh, has uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, an attachment to Jerry's sob and uh, we talked about how Jerry must be making a lot of money as a stand-up comedian in New York because sobs were really, really expensive <laughs> back then. Um, anyway, yeah, we're, we're doing that again. 
uh, and we're going to try and keep our schedule. No time to bleed. Look, we got a movie. We got a movie coming out. And if uh, uh, look, I'll just shall I just say what it is. You might should as well, because if yeah. you put it out in the ether, then we might actually have to do it. Yeah, because we had that's that is, that's exactly my thought. So we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do what is it Air Force One? Yeah, yeah, we're doing Air Force One. Um, and uh, oh so now that now that I've said it, we have to. And if Jay decides to listen, now I'm actually holding all of us accountable. He does. So. He does listen to the show again. So he's so he's good to go because he actually has a commute now. So he, he so he has to do it. Um, yes, yeah. arguably the greatest movie uh, with the United States president as the main character. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you haven't seen the the uh, the the second act of America a couple of years ago. It was the dark middle chapter in this country's history, and it only lasted four years. But it felt <laughs> like forever. Um, the men with the golden tongues. Um, uh, where we are doing, we're in the middle of our Metal Gear Solid retrospect. Uh, upstage conversation. The last uh, episode was um, Rocky uh, Horror Picture Show. With Rocky Jay. Horror Picture Show. Yes, and I was like, that was it wasn't, good. It wasn't Guys and Dolls, was it? No, it was, no. It was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, are you doing West Side Story? West Side Story. I feel like show. I have to, and he, I'd like. I want to mention West Side Story real quick since so you brought it up. Because I feel like it's going to be fucking garbage. Um, <laughs> because. And and the reason why I say that is because none of the commercials for West Side Story feature any music or singing or choreography for a musical. Well, I thought. Um, or are they trying what? to fool people into seeing this movie who <laughs> I mean, don't maybe. know that it's a musical? <laughs> I mean, perhaps, perhaps perhaps they think that people know that it's a musical so they're not uh, I, I mean but like why wouldn't you tr- showcase any of the singing or dancing or any of it in your marketing campaign for well, they, your they, musical they, film adaptation I have seen I have seen um I have seen like scenes of dancing and there's I've the seen one- like a second and a half of America and that's it but it's like I, I look. I, I'm one of those people. I, I've never seen West Side Story, so oh my I, God, I, I, my God, <laughs> I have not either. Just so you know. Well, so. Yeah, I mean, like, does West Side Story have a does West Side Story have a man eating plant in it? If not, then I haven't seen it. Is um, there is there baseball? No, biggest stick ball. But I, I I I don't know. I don't know. That would be Snapping. that would be. That will be interesting. Something about sharks and jets fighting yes. each other. Um, the closest thing to West Side Story I've seen. The closest thing to West Side Story I've seen is the "Beat It" video from Michael Jackson. So. <laughs> 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 and yeah. um, last but certainly not least, the reason that you really get the premium. I mean, like all that other stuff is you know it's wonderful but the real reason that you get premium is uh every week brad jay and sometimes maybe i don't know anymore andy uh they talk about politics and they talk about it in a very interesting way um if you haven't seen or listened to the thugs of news uh i don't know what to tell you you got to get on it um you got to get on it and you can see them because they're now on video. So go to densepizzles.com slash premium. That's right. 
look, it's it's a uh, it's a dealer's <laughs> choice really here with the uh, with the cornucopia <laughs> bullshit that we've been before. Uh, oh. Before we get into the cornucopia of bullshit, um, I have one tidbit of small but delightful news in the world of video games. And that is that they have announced that Colleen O'Shaughnessy, who has voiced Tails in the Sonic franchise since 2004, will be the person voicing Tails in the Sonic 2 film next year, which I think is really exciting because this almost never fucking happens. Like they never, as we saw with the Mario film cast, um, they almost never have the people who voice the characters in the video games come back and voice the characters for the films. And I just think it's neat that she gets to do it because she's a career voice actress. And I think it's I just I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that they're doing that. Yes. I will say That's for awesome. the record that they did have uh, the three leads in the Ratchet and Clank movie uh, voiced by the video game voice actors yes but i like to pretend that that movie was not made yeah it wasn't great just play just you don't have to pretend i forgot it was made um so yeah so let, let's start with so like one assumes that most companies when they're deluged with you know just non-stop bad press for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and it's just one story after another typically would go out of their way to like lay low, like control the things you can control kind of situation, like to not invite more scrutiny upon you. Uh, then there's the other direction that you could go in that, with that strategy, which is, you know what we're getting, we're getting slagged off anyway uh, in, in, in the public eye. So we might as well just get all the bad shit out there while we're, while we're getting slagged off and hopefully people forget about it later anyway, or, otherwise known as the Steve Bannon route and like just flood, flood the, flood the hose, flood the zone with so much bullshit that people just kind of can't see through it anymore. And it definitely seems like that Activision uh, is going with the latter strategy, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, the big news from Activision this week is that uh, a third of the uh, quality assurance team from Raven software has been laid off. Uh, now call of duty uh, Raven software is the QA team basically their studio has not only developed uh, alongside like other Activision studios, some of the Call of Duty games, but they're also kind of the ones maintaining calls at Call of Duty Warzone. And Call of Duty Warzone is making a shitload of money for Activision right now. Uh, they generated almost two billion dollars of revenue uh, last year alone in Call of Duty Warzone, uh, but yet. They've been having the worst uh, showcase showdowns ever uh, with their staff because in quality assurance meetings, uh, they've been meeting with folks from December 3rd through December 8th, which is tomorrow, uh, to find out whether you get to stay or whether you get to go, which is pretty shit because uh, all these That's folks are contracted. But, it get, but wait, it gets worse because apparently these layoffs are happening in the wake of these contractors being told – Four months, like dating back to the summertime that, you know, increases in pay and, you know, more permanent solution were coming their way. Many of whom had to move to Madison, Wisconsin, from wherever they were currently housed uh, to take this opportunity. Uh, And now they've laid off. Now, apparently, if you get promoted, uh, you are getting uh, to a full time role and getting your hourly wage bumped up to 1850. 
uh, per hour. And redundant staff, as it's termed, will be terminated at the end of January. That sucks. Big time. Uh, The head of the QA department, uh, Austin O'Brien at Raven, uh, is pissed. Uh, He put uh, basically he went on Twitter and I'm going to quote him directly. And he put his name to this, which I which I find very impressive given the circumstances. Uh, These people were asked to relocate to Madison to work here. Now they're out of a job on January 28th. Our QA team does incredible work, but this will not only increase their workload, but crush morale. If it isn't clear, this is bullshit. It's unfair to these people to string them along, promising them something better and then let them go. I am infuriated right now. Yeah. um, Yeah. It takes a, it takes a certain amount of guts that uh, most people don't have. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I hope, I hope that, you know, nothing, uh, happens to this guy, you know, from a, from a career standpoint because of it, because he's right. Like it's fucking nonsense, man. Like <laughs> fucking corporations, man. Like I, I understand their, I understand their role, but like you can't, you, you got to treat people like people, man. I just, I don't know. Well, I, 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 I would just love to see the balance sheet that Call of Duty Warzone has right now. Uh, again, a game that's generating $2 billion of revenue annually Yeah, that says, hey, we have to take a third of these people that work in our QA department that are making like $15 an hour to do the worst job in video games. Which is like barely livable wage yeah. especially in the places where like in fucking california really 15 dollars well no they're they're in, they're in wisconsin so obviously so the cost of living is uh, okay. probably a little bit more a little bit more reasonable 15 goes goes a little 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 further but it's, but it's still madison further. one of the bigger cities in in the state and they're doing the worst job and somehow in in if you're trying to cut overhead to make yourself more profitable because at the end of the day, that's really what this boils down to. You don't make these cuts unless you're trying to boost profitability. I'd love to see where this cut has to happen, but there's not some other, you know, some other area or just make a little bit less profit. That's, that's the other problem. So I was watching Jimquisition this week. Uh, they talked about this on there and, and basically they talked about like the myth in, in corporate, in the corporate world of always being profitable, like, like the myth of all of constant growth essentially. And the only way that you can, there's two ways to make growth. You can either increase revenue or you can cut costs. And if your revenue is not where you projected it to be and not, you know, not, not, not what you're doing, but just where you thought it was going to be. And you have a certain profit target that you have to hit. Well, then you got to cut costs. And, and usually it always fall like the, unfortunately in every corporation in the world, the most controllable cost that exists is your workforce because you have direct control over what you pay them. You have direct control over how many people you employ. And if you need to cut some people real quick to make an earning statement look better, then that's usually where the first hits are going to come. And, and like, you know, like this community manager says, not only are you hurting morale, of the people that are there, like, like how guilty do you feel if you get to stay? Like, I'm sure you're happy because you have a full-time job, but you know, I'm sure you feel like shit that had to come at the cost of, you know, some of the people you've been working alongside, but now your workload is going to increase by whatever percentage of your, of your team gets cut. 
Because it's not like Warzone is going to just stop needing QA testing. It's not like they're going to stop right. putting out content for the game. Like, it's insane. It's it's an insane fucking story to come out with everything else then, that's going on right now. Vision. And, like, I don't understand why, like, people don't realize that, like, your your work is the work is going to suffer. The thing that is making you money is going to suffer, which means that in the long run, like people will be like, "Well, oh, this shit sucks. And you're either going to a have to rehire a bunch of people to get it back to where it is or B, you're going to have to shut it down. So I, I, I don't understand. Um, I don't understand the idea of, of maximizing. Pro- I understand, you know, you want to see you want to see an uptick, a constant uptick. I I get that, I understand it, but does it have to be the maximum amount that you could possibly have every quarter? Like that's just that's just that's just odd to me, man. And it's not like you know, it's not like this is for like high art. <laughs> it's not. It, it's it's Call of Duty. It's the most. It's the it's the most generic form of video game, in the in the most generic style using the most generic <laughs> uh, 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 motif a- a- from the most basic of companies. Like it's it's I I, I just don't get it, man. Like it just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore. That's why I'm not rich. That's why I'm not rich. <laughs> Cause I can't, I can't, uh, I can't do it. I, I, I would feel too bad. My conscience would get me. I, I'm never gonna be rich. I'm never gonna be like ridiculously wealthy. I couldn't even hack it at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office because <laughs> they're dream killers. Like it's your job to be a dream killer, and I just, I couldn't do it. There is a way to be successful in business without being an asshole. Like you, like like there's there are several companies. I mean, for fuck's sake, like you know, Costco pays their employees like in, you know very well compared to their competitors, and provides them insurance and stuff like that. And they have no problem getting jobs, and they have no problem retaining employees. And it's and they still are profitable as shit. Like it's not hard to fucking do. It's just you don't. And have they still to, sell hot dogs for a dollar. Yeah, like you don't have to make all the money. Like, like, no. like it, you literally don't have to make all of it. You can make a lot of it, but just leave some of the money out there. It's, it's really not that fucking difficult to not be a greedy piece of shit. It's really not that hard. Um, So we go from that shitty story to a fucking horrifying story uh, over at Sony Interactive Entertainment, where a oh, senior yeah. vice president uh, by the name of George uh, Cassiopo, Cassiopo, uh, who's been with Sony for eight years, uh, has been fired. And the reason he was fired is because a vigilante justice group called People versus Preds uh, basically set him up, or not set him up, but they gave him the opportunity uh, to arrange to meet a 15-year-old boy to have sex with him. So that's horrifying. Yeah. And because he's not a very smart man, apparently, uh, he went to the meeting in question uh, wearing a PlayStation 5 t-shirt, which is really the icing 
on, like it's on so top of the fucked story. up, but like I, you cannot help but laugh at that detail that he showed up to the door yeah. wearing a fucking PlayStation shirt. Like, did he think like it was going to endear the the boy to him? Like, probably. You work for PlayStation? Let me suck your dick. Like, what? So, I mean, credit to Sony for acting quickly. Like, once they basically became yeah. aware of it, they were just like, not get a this goddamn shame. Guy not a goddamn shame that we're like, hey, credit to Sony for firing this guy. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, we. I mean, God I mean, but we have to do that considering that we have like yeah. people in Congress who are alleged sex traffickers that have not even had charges pressed against them yet. So like, it's yeah. not, you know, right. now, this, Matt, this Gates being is, said, Matt Gates is like, where can I get that PlayStation shirt? <laughs> <laughs> this guy, um, to, to my knowledge, no charges have been filed yet because this was sort of like, this is a vigilante yeah. justice sort of group that does this. However, the, the group that that's sort of running these operations um, I believe has been successful in seeing people get charged before. So um, hopefully this guy gets charged. Mm, hopefully he. Um, well, and, and look, like even, even if the evidence, time. even if the evidence that they provided is not able to be used, uh, very rarely do you catch someone doing something for the first time. Like there's probably some other stuff. Out yeah. There like there's like, probably yeah. other stuff in his house or on his computer. Wow. Yeah. He really does have a PS5 shirt on. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the video and it's just, wow. Wow, dude. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's the other thing that I Go can't ahead. like that. That also like doesn't compute for me. Like, so this guy is a senior vice president at one of the biggest software companies and hardware companies on the face of the planet. He was an engineer. So I'm assuming his salary was well into like over like Bonkers. quarter of a million yeah. dollars a year kind of thing. Why are you going to fuck all that up for this shit? Like, like why, like why would you try to fuck with that? Because it's, Ultimately, it's a disease. You know, yeah. it is it is a mental disease that these people suffer from. Um, and uh, you can either choose to get help or you can choose to act on those impulses. And this guy chose to act on those impulses. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at what you're saying. I'm laughing at the video because like <laughs> the, the dude in the video who's like following this dude, like he like the pedophile closes the door on him and then he's alleged pedophile. And um and he's walking around the neighborhood yelling at the top of his lungs, Excuse me, everybody. This the senior engineer at Sony is trying to have sex with a fifteen year old boy. And they're doing this at like four thirty in the morning. Amazing. <laughs> That's the kind of shit I would do. If like Yeah, fuck pedophiles, man. Not yeah, fuck, like, like, don't fuck pedophiles. That's not a command. Like it's like Get, get, like, just, like, but get, also, like, get those you, you, catch, you catch someone doing some fucking rancid shit, absolutely yell it from the rooftops and make sure everyone yeah. knows about it. Well, good, good, good job by great value, Chris Hansen, for exposing uh, the Sony, <laughs> Sony employee to, to the world. Um, a little bit lighter news, uh, active or oh, Activision fucking can't stop talking about him, can we? Uh, Electronic Arts, uh, the other great, you know, company out there in the video game space uh, is apparently disappointed with the reaction and the quality uh, that battlefield 2042 has brought to market in the wake of its release. Oh, isn't uh, it fucking terrible? Oh, it was pretty bad. 
It's pretty yeah. awful. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's pretty are rough. All the reviews saying that like it fucking sucks. Uh, the game launched <laughs> a, a game predicated. Actually, sorry, not even predicated on exclusively online multiplayer because there isn't a single player campaign launched without voice chat on at least some platforms. Hmm. So that that's a, that's a real plus. Um, but they are tired of this, and uh, they have handed the reins of the franchise over to one Vince Zampella. Oh, uh, yeah. Battlefield the, uh, 2042, one of the worst-reviewed games on Steam, garnering almost 30,000 negative reviews by the pre- end of November. It's pretty bad. Um, but now Vince, Vince Zampella, who has literally had, like, the Midas touch in the video game industry for essentially the past 15 years – uh, is now going to be helming uh, the the games, uh, not not in like a development lead, but he's he's kind of like the overseer now of the Battlefield franchise. Uh, Oscar Gabrielson, who was the general manager of Dice, uh, is also leaving the studio. Uh, I'm assuming probably a little bit of a uh, uh, you're leaving the studio. Like I really don't want to. No, you're you're going to leave because you have apparently ridden this once very popular and profitable franchise into the ground. So. Yeah. So basically, Zampilla said that uh, he plans on evolving and growing Battlefield 2042 to explore new kinds of experiences and business models. Um, But for the short term, they're going to be leveraging uh, their resources to expand upon and improve Battlefield 2042. Um, Yeah, I mean, like this, I don't know that the Battlefield franchise has hit rock bottom, but I feel like it's pretty fucking close, especially compared to where it was. Back really just a few years ago. Yeah. Battlefield three was not that long ago. And that was, I mean, you'd have to say the high water mark of the franchise, uh, at this point. Um, so there's really nowhere to go, but up. So, uh, Micah, do you think Vince Sampella can pull a rabbit out of the hat again and resurrect the battlefield franchise? Sure. Um, you know, he's been, He's been in charge of making a, a bunch of games that everyone seems to love when no one gives him a chance. And then and then people are like, wait, wait, we can make money off of this? You're making money? <laughs> all right. All right. Here, go <laughs> ahead. Make your Apex Legends, whatever. I don't care. Uh, and now it's like, uh, hey, Battlefield kind of ain't making money. Like, hey, hey, get that Vince guy. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about there's something about the name Vince that uh, <laughs> makes someone incredibly <laughs> successful. Uh, yeah. Fun yeah. fact: uh, my name was almost Vincent uh, when wow. I was born. Oh man, that'd have been a perfect uh, comic book name, dude. Yeah. Your your Vince and then your surname. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> my my mother eventually decided not to go that route because she thought I would get made fun of because of the closeness to the Dutch painter. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh, <laughs> uh, most famous for cutting off his ear and occasionally painted pictures sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, he did a couple, you know, watercolors here and there. Yeah. 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 Uh, who, the, who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't want to be reminded of a, of an artistic genius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a reminder for those of you that don't know, uh, Vince Zampella's CV, uh, one of the people, uh, involved like basically the the head of the creative vision for the Call of Duty Modern Warfare franchise, for the Titanfall franchise, for Jedi Fallen Order, for Apex Legends, 
Uh, so he's had a pretty good record of success uh, in the games industry. So uh, if anyone can do it, I suppose it's him. Uh, final news story of the day. Uh, according to Jason Schreier, uh, Sony is working on a subscription service uh, that he says will rival Microsoft's Game Pass, but I'm not so sure. So basically, this service is would bundle together PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus, and there'd be a multi-tier membership approach. So, so basically, uh, the way it's told, if you get the bottom tier, you still get like the free PlayStation Plus games and the online access. There's a tier up from there that gives you access to like PS4 uh, titles a la PlayStation Now, and then a tier up from there that gives you also access to like classic PlayStation titles um, from there. Now, notably, what would not be included in this, or at least according to these reports, uh, is day one uh, first party game studio games uh, a la Microsoft Game Pass, which is why I don't know that you could necessarily consider it a direct competitor. Um, nor do I think Sony needs to do that because people are still buying their games by the millions for 60, $70 a pop. So, yeah, I don't, um, I, I, they don't need a game pass. They're, they're just trying to, they're just trying to get people to try PlayStation now. And, um, for me, PlayStation now is not worth it. Like I am, I am more than happy just buying the the only reason I have game pass is because I get, you know, the first party games day one in that, in that deal. Mm-hmm. I very rarely. And, and because of that, then I might go into other games that are on it, but the hook is the, the new releases. Um, if you're not going to do the new releases, what's the point? I mean, I, you know, what's the yeah. point? Like, I, at, at least for me, like I, I'm, I like playing older games, but like, you know, I'm, I'm ever forward when it comes to my games. Generally, I don't want, um, you know, I'm not one of those people that, that really, uh, enjoys playing older titles from older systems. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play and unless the game is like absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play an N64 game or, a PS one game or, or even a regular Xbox game. So we'll see. Yeah. It's, I, I, well, I, you know, we poo pooed game pass before it came out as well. Um, I think this would be very popular. I mean, the biggest issue I think PlayStation now has is its price. And I'd imagine if you were putting out something that was going to go quote unquote head to head with game pass, you'd have to price it in a similar vein. So I can't imagine that the top tier of the Sony service would cost more than $15 a month because that's what Microsoft is charging for Game Pass Ultimate right now. And if you're charging someone $15 a month and you're giving them online access and you're giving them the PlayStation Plus games and access to this, you know, a large catalog of other games that you can play through the console and you can play them on PC, um, I think I think people would go for that because, you know, at that point, like that's just another fucking subscription that you're paying on top of all your other ones. Like it's not that huge of a deal, I don't think, um, if you market it correctly. So I, I, I think they could actually have some success with this, even despite not having the day one releases on there, um, because, again, it's the key with these services is just to get people in the door, because oftentimes, like once you get people in the door and once you get them used to paying this monthly fee 
then you're in there because most people don't cancel like like they don't cancel this shit because it just kind of occurs in the background. Like I barely use my Netflix subscription yet. I'm still giving Netflix like, you know, one hundred fifty dollars a year basically to to -hmm. provide movies to me for, you know, that I'm barely watching. I think I think most of the people that use my account use it probably 10 times more than I do at at the end of the day. Um, I mean, so that so like but I don't think about it because it's just part of my life. Like it's just like, oh, yes, Netflix, of course, exists because that's just the way things go. And I think that this could Mm -hmm. easily be the same thing. Okay. Um. No segue. Go to densepictures.com slash Amazon. <laughs> speaking speaking uh, of giving someone money without thinking about it. <laughs> hey. uh, no, no. You really Done need it to a lot already it. this holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go to, uh, to densepictures.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon needs when you do so. You uh, you help us out a little bit and you um, you can get what you want at no additional cost. Um, you can you go buy a bad movie, Jay. Jay told me he uh, he went he he saw Venom. Let there be carnage today. So, um, go 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 throw your money uh, down a well. I was going to say that's that's a quick and easy way to flush some money down the toilet. I feel like I would give Amazon ten dollars to not make me watch. They're <laughs> right. Like if if Amazon popped up and was like. You either have to watch Venom, Let There Be Carnage, or give us ten dollars. I would give them ten dollars. Yeah, I mean, like I think I think the two hours of my life is more valuable than than, than the ten dollars. Couldn't even so. make it to two hours, Brad. Couldn't even make it to two hours. It's like eighty nine minutes. Oh, okay, well, no, yeah, good, it's good. not particularly good. long. <laughs> Go to uh, look. Here's some here's some synergy. Go to densepixels.com slash Amazon and pre order No Time to Die. The three disc collector's edition Blu-ray DVD digital combo. Uh, and I if will you go to if you go to <laughs> densepixels.com slash Amazon and order No Time to Die 2021 three disc collector's edition Blu-ray plus DVD plus digital. Uh you'll get it before Christmas. Oh, when is it release? Uh the 21st. I'm so have to do that today. Do it. It's be gonna like, happen. Be, be like Brad. Count on it. Count on it. So, uh, post office, I'll start with Justin. He says, uh, like to hear y'all's opinion of the current PlayStation plus controversy. Apparently there's a controversy around the PlayStation plus offerings this month. Uh, apparently mortal shell is unplayable cause it's 30 frames per second. Is it really on even on PlayStation five? I find that hard to believe. And, uh, uh and apparently Sony is the devil, uh, for giving the end game content of Godfall, even though the consensus is the real game is boring. So Justin, obviously being sarcastic here. Uh, with his question, uh, the Godfall controversy, and I use that term very loosely, is quite interesting. So apparently the edition of Godfall that is free on PlayStation Plus right now. It's is the a, Challenger edition. Yes. So that that's a special which, edition that they have made for the game, which is basically the end game of Godfall. Apparently, yeah, it's like, like when, all the post game stuff. Yeah. When you when you start the game, um, you get a max level character right away with like an end gate with like end game items. And you apparently get to experience the godfall endgame now people are upset about this because it doesn't have the single player campaign in it but like justin said no one gives a fuck because the single player campaign for godfall sucks so i don't understand what the issue is here i this is a weak month for them in general um uh, look, you're getting shit for free. Not everything can be well, full of bangers every month. And but honestly, I, I, I think do, this is I, actually 
quite clever because if you get someone to check this out because it's free and they're like, oh, this is pretty cool. You Let might get them buy to buy the, the game, buy the game with the story. Right. Right? Like, <laughs> how how much is regular Godfall these days? Twenty bucks. No, it's, I think I think at full price it's still seventy dollars. Yeah, I think it's still seventy dollars. <laughs> but it does go on sale like all the time. So that uh, that's yeah. Uh, look, I I I I I think it's a clever idea. Um, it's not going to get me to go buy Godfall. I can't imagine that story is going to be worth me nerfing myself after <laughs> I already have a max level character with all of the, you know, things that that entails. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to try it and then I'll probably just immediately delete it, but I, I'm going to try it because like, why not? It's free. Uh, just like I'll try Mortal Shell at thirty frames per second, like a like a fucking uh, <laughs> like a fucking like a idiot peasant. walking around thirty FPS. Yeah, Fleeb. get like, out of here. Like like it's two thousand six. Um, <laughs> Mark says, "What do you guys think about the fuckery going mm. on with Wada and Heritage auctions? Essentially colluding up to the colluding up the prices of retro games." Carrie, I figured you would have some knowledge about this. Uh, I have an extensive amount of knowledge on this. Now, to be fair, I have not watched. I was familiar with what went on. This sort of broke back in like September, late August, early September. Um, and there's like a there's an update from like a week ago that I missed. I didn't, I didn't watch it. Um, so full for the sake of full transparency on this, our very legitimate media network. Um, I know the head of Wada games. I, I am friendly with Dennis Khan. Um, I've known him for several years. I have had multiple Wada graded games, um, graded, for free through him. Um, so I, I'm just putting that out there now so that people can take what I have to say through that lens. If they the want first, to. that might be the first legitimate like media disclosure that we've ever had to do on this. Yeah. Show, on this I, I feel like it's important for me to say, because well, <laughs> the thing is, you know, like I wrote a book about video game collecting a few years ago and people can look that up and see that I worked with Dennis to, talk about grading and you know collecting and stuff like that so i i don't i just don't want anyone getting any shit twisted about this right all of this being said i have found the relationship between wada and heritage auctions to be remarkably suspect um (laughs) so there's a lot going on here but the sort of TLDR is that there's this YouTuber um, who I think is also a speedrunner, um, Carl Jobst. Jobst. I think it's Jobst. Jobst. Yeah. Um, Carl. So Carl has um, basically spent sort of the back half of this year investigating and researching and detailing all of these conflicts of interest between WADA games, which is the sort of contemporary premier grading agency for retro vintage or really any video games you could you know walk in with a new ps5 game and they would grade it for you um and heritage auctions which is a large auction house and heritage and wada have for the last couple of years sort of created this direct line between wada graded games and they just go directly into heritage auctions right um and shit has sold 
for mind-boggling prices. Like it has been an exponential increase over the last couple of years. So, I mean, what's a good example? Um, cool. In 2017, and I'm pulling this from like sort of this Kotaku article about it, which does a good job at breaking everything down in text if you don't want to watch all these fucking YouTube videos. In 2017, a mint condition sealed copy of the original Super Mario Brothers sold for $30,000. In 2019, it sold for over $100,000. And then earlier this year, it sold for $2 million dollars which is an increase of more than 6,500% in four years, which is fishy. Um, (laughs) And there's this sort of weird relationship going on between Heritage and others who are sort of hyping this rush, this, the, the vintage video game gold rush. Um, And yeah, it's, a very bad bubble right now for vintage game collectors. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. There's some stuff going on there and I, I don't feel very good about it. Um, I'm probably not going to get any more games graded by WADA for what it's worth. The games that I got graded, um, we're more for the sort of preservation value of having something in a slab um, to turn it into more of a display piece um, where it wouldn't get fucked by like natural oxidation and sunlight and stuff like that. Because if it's in one of these sort of UV resistant slabs, then, you know, then the sun can't fuck with it as much, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, there's just... There's a lot going on there. I know for a fact that a lot of old comic book collector dudes who have no interest in video games outside of their value as collectibles have been really fucking up the market because they see it as a new bubble. So I've literally like I can tell you for an absolute fact that there are multiple players in the video game auction market who are old wealthy comic book collectors who have sold a lot of their comic book collection to buy graded video games and then sell them during this artificially inflated bubble that's been created presumably by WADA and Heritage potentially on purpose um, and make a fuck ton of money doing so. Um, A lot of the people who are buying graded games or or who are having games graded right now are not people who actually play video games or value them as anything more than something to be sold at auction. Yeah. And I think that's another part of the thing. So like, I, obviously I, you know, way more about this than I do. Um, and certainly when you are a big fish in a very small pond, um, like when, when you're like the only person doing what you're doing, which what it is, it's very easy to collude um, because there's not a competitors. They're not the only people they right. are. However, um, a slightly more valid company than um, VGA, which was the grading mm-hmm. video game authority, the the grading company that was around before. Um, no one took VGA seriously because they weren't very good at what they did, and their slab product just wasn't very good. Um, yeah. So, so, but Wada like unquestionably is like the dominant presence in that 
mm-hmm. in that space, right? So like, and they it, came sort of out of nowhere, um, yeah. largely because Dennis knows a lot of these guys already. Yeah. Um, De- Dennis Khan, who's the founder of Wada Games, is someone who had a lot of connections within comic book. Um, collecting and comic book grading to begin with through his father, who is a um, a comic collector and a comic shop runner um, out in Wisconsin. So I think that Watto was able to get such a fucking handle on the vintage market so quickly um, because of the connections that already existed between Dennis and many other people in the comic grading sphere. Um, some of the people who came on as sort of advisors to WADA are people who previously worked at um, the comic grading company CGC and I believe CBCS. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of incestuous stuff <laughs> going on in, in video game grading, and it's a lot to digest. Um the thing that that never really sat right with me was um, the involvement of this guy, Jim Halperin, who has um, uh, had run-ins with the Federal Trade Commission before over the coin market and stuff like that and other auction stuff before. And so when his name was attached to WADA, I was sort of... Mm. There's, there's just, there's, there's some, there's some shady shit going on, but I can almost guarantee you that like the people who are buying these super inflated game prices, there's like, it's less than a hundred people controlling. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, and that's what I was going to like, I feel like this is riding a similar wave to that we're seeing in like the crypto space right now mm-hmm. and that we've seen other areas like, um, you know, in, in watches I've talked before uh, about the Paul Newman Daytona, one of the most famous watches in the world, um, which has steadily climbed in like price that it goes for at auction. Like, and, but then it went from like, you know, sold for $5 million in like 2013 to like $17 million in, you know, four years later. So like, you could say also that like something is worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. And so if if it goes to the same prices is because you have a lot of people that are trying to find like the next thing to speculate on essentially and to turn it around for a quick profit if they can. And to, that goes to your point where like you're saying there's like probably a hundred people that are at you know, most. controlling at- this. Yeah. Absolute most. Yeah. Right. And they're just the, looking uh, to buy it to jack to inflate the price a little bit and then flip it for a profit because they don't actually care about, you know, the preservation aspect of it. So no, literally like none of the people who I talked to and I was still working in the collectibles industry, um, none of the people who I talked to who were like, oh, I'm going to start collecting video games. So like what are some things I should look out for or anything like that? None of these are people who like actually fucking play video games. They're just rich white dudes who are looking to turn a quick buck. Yep. That's it. So I'm going to watch those videos though. Cause that's, that seems a little interesting. I would recommend particularly if you are in the discord. Um, so densepixels.com slash fans, go to the discord and click on the post office and you can, uh, find those videos in the in the post office channel. Um, I really got to watch the new one because I didn't realize that there were further developments on that. But there you go. yeah, TLDR, it's sketchy as fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, 
Well, it's 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 one of those like where there's smoke, there's probably fire. Kind yeah, of I just so. uh, and it sucks because like I've had fucking beers with these dudes, right? Yeah. Like, um, and it it just sort of sucks to to reach the conclusion of like something ain't right. Some something ain't right here. Uh, Daniel says you can play video games in your Tesla now. Is this the future, or has science gone too far? Uh, let me tell you something, Daniel. Uh, I was playing video games in people's cars as recently as 2003 when a friend of mine, I don't remember what kind of car he had, but he definitely had a uh, three-inch like monitor in the car that he connected a PlayStation 2 to. And we definitely played like need, some Need for Speed game or whatever uh, on his PS2 that he had next to his like disc changer in the back seat because yes we used to have disc changers back in the day as well i think um i think daniel uh needs to be reminded of the documentary series that was out in the mid 2000s called pimp my ride <laughs> uh in which <laughs> in which the uh the documentarian exhibit uh would would go around and uh have people's hoop d's um <laughs> upgraded to have things like video game systems in their cars uh so yes this is not new yeah um the technology uh, tesla the technology's getting there getting better. yeah tesla finally caught up to pimp <laughs> my ride <laughs> <laughs> uh cam says the halo series on the way soon and the alleged mass effect show in development do you think this is a better route than trying to turn video games into movies or will it all more likely be the same story just a different chapter um i think telling a video game story over a series is certainly better than trying to jam it into a two-hour film um it gives you more runway to explore characters and themes and ideas um, which, you know, when you have these games that last, you know, have campaigns that last 15 to 20 hours in length that you're basing them on, uh, you need a little bit more runway than two hours to be able to jam a whole story and a slew of characters into. Um, so, yeah, I think it's positive. Uh, whether it will end up like the movies all depends on how much effort gets put into them by the production studios that are uh, creating these and by the people that they bring on to write the stories and how you know, in tune to these worlds and these characters, those writers are um, to be able to kind of speak authentically to what has come before. Cause that's the, that's the other thing that also kills game based uh, you, you know, other projects is that it doesn't feel authentic to the experience. Like that first resident evil, the first couple of resident evil movies didn't feel very authentic to what had come before resident evil. The super Mario brothers movie did not feel authentic to super Mario brothers. Like, so that's why they failed. It wasn't because they were, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Super Mario brothers movie is absolutely a faithful adaptation of super. Mario brothers. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's absolutely what Bowser looks like. Um, monkey like all right, all right. <laughs> i uh no i i think you're right i feel like miniseries for video games like it's the same reason why like books are hard to adapt a yeah. lot of the time um there's just there's a lot of content there's a lot of story there and narrowing it down to two hours is often a completely impossible task so why even fucking try when you could just do like an eight episode miniseries and do more justice to yep. the story it'll probably cost less honestly I don't know about that. It, it depends on the depends on the movie, I suppose. 
But I feel like Halo is going to cost a lot of money. Like <laughs> stuff like Halo and Mass Effect that's going to involve a lot of CG and special effects and whatnot. Those are going to run you a hundred million dollars regardless. So, yeah. so, um, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I think television is a better route for storytelling, uh, as a whole, you know, serialized television, uh, if that's your concern, but guys, you don't need, you don't need like some intricate story told over 10 hours in order for something to necessarily be good. Uh, you just have to have strong characters. That's it. That's the secret sauce. That's why in the 90s and the early aughts, comic book movies were trash uh, at worst and just kind of like all right at best until somebody figured out, hey, these people come for these characters and they come for the interactions of for these characters. Yeah, don't don't this, don't forget that don't forget that the, that the first besides Spider-Man, because Spider-Man, I feel like had a benefit because I mean, he's fucking Spider-Man. But right. the first like big comic book movie, and aside from Bat like like aside from the big Spider-Man ones, and Batman, yeah. they're like they're, Superman. They're, yeah, they're like, bulletproof. Right. But like the first big comic book movie to make it was fucking Iron Man. Right. Uh, right. A, a character that nobody knew anything about unless you were a huge right. comic nerd going into it. It was a B-lister at best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I literally like I I had no interest in seeing the Iron Man movie until it came out and was reviewed really well. And even then I like I went to a fucking matinee and I because I was like, I'm not gonna pay a lot of money to see this. It's fucking Iron Man. <laughs> right. Look at uh look at Guardians, look at the Suicide Squad. Nobody knew who uh, look, I am I am I will bring this up every time uh Guardians gets mentioned. I thought that was gonna be it for Marvel. A talking tree. A raccoon, this right. racist <laughs> shit out of here, and 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 I thought that was going to be the death knell for Marvel, but it turns out, hey, you got a bunch of really interesting characters, you put them in interesting situations. The situations don't have to be like smart, right? <laughs> I will watch, I will watch um, uh, that first Guardians movie over Tenant every any time. <laughs> You know, Look, because the characters are interesting. Tenant, Tenant, the, the main character don't even have a name. Like it, 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 it's it's an interesting story, but it's overly complicated. It's not something you can just kind of sit down and watch. But if you if you have a situation where you have well written characters, you can put that in. You can put that in something that's two hours. And I mean, Suicide Squad is a or the Suicide Squad. I should yeah. say. <laughs> not not the first, not the Suicide Squad. You know, it's the idea that you know, like people who are out here being like, "Oh, I was a big fan of Bloodsport and Peacemaker before this movie came no, out." No, That's a weren't. fucking lie. No, you weren't. Don't say that. No, you weren't. You liked the if you movie were, if you, you were a big fan, characters. if you were a big fan, you'd be bitching and complaining that they made him black. So get out of here. Like, no, you well, I was a big fan of Polka Dot Man even before the movie came out. Fuck off. No, you weren't. You liked the movie, though. And so you got into the characters. And now you're a fan of the character. And that's fine. That's, that's what a good adaptation does, is it makes you care about a character more than you did before you walked into the theater that day. 
That's correct. Uh, we'll end it with Trey. Says, is what happened with the future of Sleeping Dogs one of the great video game tragedies that nobody ever talks about? So what he's referring to um, was, I think, the fact that so Sleeping Dogs came about because there was a game series called True Crime back in the day um, that was supposed to get a true crime Hong Kong that got canceled by Activision. Um, Square ended up picking up the studio, I believe, and they turned that into Sleeping Dogs. Um, I don't. Was there supposed to be a sequel, though? I can't remember what the, there was supposed to be. Not yeah. even not just a sequel, but there was also supposed to be a spinoff of yeah. Sleeping Dogs. Um, yeah, they they said because Sleeping Dogs came out 2012. Um, so in early 2013, after Sleeping Dogs released and was reviewed very well and was received very well, and I believe sold decently, um, yeah, they, um, they announced that they were working on a sequel and then they announced a, um, and like a multiplayer online game called Triad Wars. That's what it um, was. That's, that, yeah, that's, that's with, what I'm struggling to remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that like it reached like beta mm-hmm. and then was canceled um so yeah sucks because everyone who i know who has played sleeping dogs is like yeah it fucking rules um but, i uh, uh i really love open world games no bullshit sleeping dogs if i had to rank my like open world games sleeping dogs is in the top five no word sleeping dogs is fucking amazing and it's, if you've never played it, it holds up. I, matter of fact, I might go play it because Trey brought it up. I, <laughs> I absolutely love that game because it takes, it takes, you know, it takes the, the old Batman Arkham fighting s- style, right? It, it implements it very well. It's an open world game in an interesting location. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a cool main character. It's got a gimmick where instead of some psycho thug, he's a psycho cop undercover, right? And there's they they try to ride the line of, you know, are you too deep undercover? And they had these like cool takedowns that gave me like Punisher PS2 vibes where like you could just take the environment and just like throw this guy's head in a urinal and it <laughs> It is trying to it's trying to like ape the the Chinese action, you know, crime dramas of the mid 2000s. And I fucking love Sleeping Dogs, man. It had a it had an expansion that was on an island that was basically Enter the Dragon. It was an Enter the Dragon ripoff. Yo, I fucking love Sleeping Dogs, man. And it's one of those it's one of those games where he's right. Like, I don't understand why this isn't like a major franchise. I'm going to go with, and especially in, in, in a world where, you know, you can carve out a niche, um, that stands apart from grand theft auto while still like bringing in that fan base, like saints road did a, you know, figured that out eventually. Um, and you know, there are other games that kind of ape that GTA formula that, you know, do other aspects of GTA better. Like, I, I mean, I haven't played five ever, but like the combat GTA games has always been kind of trash. Um, and in sleeping dogs, like that was one of the more appealing parts to the game. Um, so yeah, it is curious that we, you know, they couldn't figure that out. Um, I, I assume the triad wars, uh, the game was just too big of a, uh, 
too big of a project to to really bite. Like they bit off more than they can chew with with the ambition that they had there. Um, it'd be cool to see someone take another crack at something like that. Um, you know, especially because a lot of the you know big budget open world games that we have gotten in that style. Uh, haven't really landed very well. I mean, Watch Dogs had a lot of hype behind it, but, you know, ultimately fizzled out. I mean, 2 was good. Um, Legion looked interesting, but I haven't heard anyone say anything about it ever. Yeah. Legion like, is, like, I was incredibly disappointed with Watch Dogs and Legion. Yeah. Incredibly disappointed. Um, so yeah, there's, there's certainly room for that, but yeah, it is, it is a little upsetting that, and, and Sleeping Dogs is frustrating because it's a game that is not without flaws. Like, like I look at King, uh, um, Sleeping Dogs the same way I look at Kings of Amor. It was a very good first go. And could you imagine how much better it could be? No, learning the lessons you learned from the first game and making, making a sequel to that game. Like that's the kind, that's the kind of thing that I, that I think about with games like that. So. Yeah, man. The fact that Watch Dogs has three iterations <laughs> is it, it, it's and but Sleeping Dogs like the fact that Saints Row is still kicking even after like you know all of the different spinoffs and stuff like the fact that Watch Dogs isn't or Sleeping Dogs isn't uh, around anymore that really sucks. I mean, man. just Just Cause had three games, and no disrespect to Just Cause, right, like I mean, Just Cause is fun, but. You know. Right, but like, come on, man! Like yeah, this, like Sleeping Dogs had story to it. What the fuck yeah. is the story of Just Cause? Run it's literally in the game. Out. You're playing it just cause. Like that's it. Sleeping Dogs feels like something that either will have the IP picked up by another company that will infuse it with cash to make another game, um, or will just be one of these one-off cult classic gems that people will still be talking about 20 years from now. Actually, I could see it going one. I, I could see it going one of two different directions. Either a good studio will pick it up to give it a chance and, and see what we can make or like THQ or, Nordic's going to acquire it. I was going to say THQ out, Nordic was going to pick it up. And put out like, and put out like a shit version of Fuck. the game that disappoints everybody. So one brain cell on this podcast. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. Um, thank you guys very much for submitting your post ops questions. Again, if you are not part of the Discord, you can go to densepixels.com slash fans and join it today. Uh, while you're on the internet, you should also subscribe to this show as well as all the other shows in the TNP Studios family. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for TNP Studios and you will find us there. Uh, make sure you go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, we really also help helps when you hit the like button on all the videos because it helps us get discovered. Uh, and again, you don't forget to go over to Twitch. Make sure you follow the dense pixels, Twitch page. Uh, make sure you follow Carrie. It's up. It's Carrie. Follow me at dense pixels, Brad and follow Terrence at apparition 410. And again, while you're on the internet, make sure to go over to the Baltimore symphony gaming orchestra Baltimore gamer. Damn it. Symphony I knew, I orchestra. knew it was one of the one configuration of that <laughs> go to the yeah, Baltimore, Ga Baltimore gaming symphony orchestra page on YouTube and make sure you hit the reminder for the made in Maryland concert that's happening this weekend. I'm really excited. The show's really good. We sound really good. Um, made in Maryland exclusively features games developed here in Maryland. The premiere link is live. It, it premieres Saturday, December 11th at 3 PM Eastern. Um, we got Fallout, we got Civilization, we got Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, we got local indies, we have Fear 3, um, which was a game I didn't realize was developed in Maryland until it, it landed on our, <laughs> it was co-developed in Maryland, yep. Huh. Um, 
really cool piece though. So like, I'm really excited for people to check this out. Also, I play in a band called Quicksave and I have some news. Quicksave has been invited to play at MAGFest. So we'll be playing the bar at MAGFest this year. So follow the Quicksave page at facebook.com slash quicksaveband for more on that as details for that start to come out. So very cool. Oh shit, son. Our last gig was in a fucking alleyway about a dozen yards away from multiple rat corpses. So MAGFest (laughs) feels like a hell of an upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) Now to be, now to be, uh, to be, 100% 100% clear, MAGFest is not the uh, festival for the game MAG Massive Action Game, right? No. <laughs> okay. For the best PlayStation 3 game, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Music and Gaming Festival. Look, say what you will about MAG, but I haven't seen any other uh, online first-person shooters approach 256-player multiplayer <laughs> matches. Have you? No one's even dared to try. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a game that existed, surely. So, mm-hmm. Well, that is it for us. Uh, thank you guys very much for watching and listening. We'll see you all the next time. Thanks. I'm going to play Sleeping Dogs now. <laughs> <laughs> see ya.